It's a mock draft, and it's at pick nine. And I am taking LaMelo Ball, although I'm not sure I'm happy about it. Find out why in a second. That was a terrible intro, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on Instagram at Locked... No, TikTok at Locked On... Uh, well, I'm all over the place. On TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. So, pick nine. I've already told you I'm going to pick. It's LaMelo Ball. Why am I hesitant? Because... In the fantasy playoffs, unless you play until the final day of the season, and let me stress to you very, very clearly, do not do that. Absolutely do not do that. The Hornets have a two-game week. Now, if you finish the season, when I suggest, on March 24th, that is championship week. If you play to Yahoo's default, which again, I do not suggest, finishing on 7th of April, that is the first week of the playoffs. There are, in my playoff schedule, there are four teams who have two-game weeks. The Mavericks the Hornets, the Lakers, and the Wolves. And the Mavs and the Hornets have it in championship week. But Ball is going around the 8 or 9 spot in most drafts. I could have taken him in 8, but because of my playoff schedule thing, which I don't care about usually, unless there's a two-game week, which is a big deal. But at pick 9, he is going to go here in, in most drafts. So this is the direction I'm going. I could have taken Damian Lillard here, but I wanted to, after I did the Doncic one, we went at six and people really hated that. Man, you're never going to get him at six. All right, cool. Let's do ball here at nine. That is more realistic as to how most of your drafts will go. So let's build a team around the Mellow Ball at number nine, understanding that I am pushing off him being the ninth pick because of that schedule issue and because that's that's just hard to deal with. A two-game week, threes, Fine. I don't really, unless you go 3-3-3 during playoffs, which is not a great idea, but a two-game week is pretty disastrous for your first round pick. Once you get round six, round seven, who cares? First round pick, it can be pretty disastrous. That is why I'm a little bit off Lamella Ball at number nine, but from a per-game standpoint, I think he's really, really strong. So we'll get to that in a sec. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. You can go and check out the spreads, the money lines for all of the action this week, player props, but futures as well. Dolphins Super Bowl? Yeah, let's get in. Although, Devon Achan? Achan? I don't know how to pronounce it anymore. I've lost my mojo. Um, is he Rookie of the Year? Or no, he's not now because of the knee injury. Well, it doesn't matter because Tua's going to win the MVP, the Dolphins are going to win the Super Bowl, and all of those NFL bets are available over on FanDuel. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. All right, we will head, we'll head into this mock draft and... Uh, 
Yeah, let's see how it goes. All right, let's go into this draft. So as I said, I'm picking at number nine here um, with that Lamello ball structure. We'll see how it works out. I don't know how it's going to go. I think it's fine to build the team just in terms of building it for this exercise. I'm just, again, I'd be really, really cautious about taking a two-game guy in round one of a draft. It's just it's just harder to deal with. You know, if your playoffs, for some reason, don't include that week or you're not doing playoffs or whatever, you make your call. It's just really hard. Two-game weeks are tough from a first-round guy. Uh, it's probably even more important in a points league, I would say, because... It's just it's impossible to make that volume up. If some everyone else has got four games from a guy getting fifty points, and you've got that's two hundred points, you've got a hundred. That's so hard to come back from. Category leagues you can manipulate it, punt and all, all that sort of stuff. Um, points leagues you can't really. All right, we're off. We're going. Um, Jokic goes at one. What a surprise! This guy Alperen Sengun asked me if I've ever been in a draft this season where Jokic hasn't gone one. I don't. I don't recall that happening. And while it's possible that Jokic isn't the number one player this season, I don't really see an argument for not taking him there. Uh, sorry, I haven't told people who I'm targeting. Uh, you can see by my name, leave me Lamello. I would have thought that was obvious, but I should have mentioned that. So it goes Embiid at two, Halliburton three, Shea at four. And by my name, you can see the name of my team is called the Lamello Ball Team. So I would have thought that one. Um, yeah. Anyway, Doncic goes at five. That's that's where he, he goes. I, I would never take Doncic at two, three, or four ahead of these other players because of that week because the difference between them is minimal. I just wouldn't do it. So Tatum, this is going to be Steph. And then what Bay Truthers does, I, I would assume Bay is going to take Sadiq Bay at eight or he goes with Yanni at that spot. There we go. So it is my pick now. Let's start this off with Lamelo, who looked pretty good for the Hornets yesterday. One of the big questions, I guess, at the moment in fantasy is, what do we do with Taylor Horton Tucker? And while this first round plays through, I'll just talk about it. Horton Tucker started both of the Jazz preseason games at point guard. He was he didn't start the second half, and I thought the Jazz starters looked pretty bad. And I just don't I don't think Taylor Horton Tucker is a very good player. He is young. He is younger than Oshai Baji. He's younger than Keegan Murray. He's been in the league three years or whatever it is now. Um, his shooting's bad. His decision-making, I don't think, is good. His defense isn't good. I, I've got no problem drafting him. In fact, I think you probably should grab him. If he's going to be their starting point guard, he can put up numbers. And people will get confused often by seeing good numbers versus what are you actually doing. Like, he rendered so much of their offense um, almost, like, in, impossible to... It was just it was shithouse. It was as simple as that. Most of their offense was really, really poor in that game. Now, what I'm definitely not going to do here is take Kyrie because I don't want two guys with my first two picks with two game weeks in the playoffs. So what I am going to do, and I don't think I've taken him yet, I'm going to take Devin Booker here. Um, yeah, so do not do not do that. Do not pair Kyrie with Lamella Ball. That is a horrible, horrible, horrible pairing. Um, so back to Horton Tucker. I don't think he's very good. They've got so many options there. There's Dunn, there's Sexton, there's Clarkson, there's Abaji, and there's Keontae George. You can take Horton Tucker. I'm looking at this through a real-life perspective. If they do start him, I just have no faith in him being a competent NBA starting point guard. That if they do start him, A, he won't play starters minutes, or B, he won't last in that role, would be my guess. So if he's opening night starter, you stream him in, you use him, we add him, see what happens. But it made everything look gross on that team, I thought, and that's why they benched him in the second half. We'll see what happens in the next game. To me, it's, it's very clear that Keontae George is going to take that job. 
I think it's and Chris Dunn is the other. They're the two best options, right? I think Sexton's trash, also by the way. Just just so you're aware, I think that Dunn and George are the two best guys there. But it doesn't always matter what I think. I can look at that as a long term thing. Like eventually something will work out and they'll figure it out, but they might not. So just always be cautious of that. So anyway, and you, there is going to be plenty. And this is the great thing about this: plenty of you will disagree. Well, Horton Tucker's really young, Josh. I think he's excellent. I look at the numbers he puts up. Um, I think he's got real potential. Cool. I don't, and you do, and that's totally okay. But that's when I'm trying to when I'm talking about biases that you see, and I haven't really talked about this mock draft. I'll get to it in a second. When we talk about biases that we see, when you know that I talk about Horton Tucker, know that I view him that way. And you might have a completely different perspective, and I will be wrong on plenty of players. So if I'm like, eh, I'm not that interested in Horton Tucker, I'll happily grab him. Let's see what happens because it's got I just don't think it clicks with everyone on that team. But it might. I don't know. Anyway, after I took Booker, Jim Harden. I haven't really seen Jim go that early in any draft. Wow. Don Mitchell goes after him. Kyrie goes next. That's sliding for Kyrie, but it's okay. Paolo got auto-picked. What's Paolo doing? He was the last to jump in this draft. Now he got auto-picked. Jesus. Um, Towns goes next. Towns is going into the second round in nearly every draft now. Um, Mikhail Bridges, Darius Garland, Bam Bam at a bow. Ooh, I haven't seen Bam going around two for a while. And Fred Van Vliet. I don't dislike Bam going around this area now that Lillard isn't in Miami. I wouldn't have taken him there in any other situ- in that situation if Lillard had it arrived, but he didn't, so it doesn't matter. Van Vliet goes into round two. Cunningham, the end of round, uh, or start of round three, which is okay. I think I might... Oh, by the way, one of the other ones, back to, we're just going to talk jazz here. Kawhi Leonard goes at 28, uh, 26. thought John Collins just looked like John Collins from Atlanta. He sort of just stood in the corner and didn't get used. And I know a lot of people like, well, when he goes to Utah, he won't have that problem of happening in Atlanta. And I would say the returns from preseason are really troubling in that regard. I'm okay with getting him around the 100, 110 mark, but by no means is he a sleeper for me. I'm just not sure that he's going to ever find that role back that he had three years ago. Having Horton Tucker as your point guard doesn't help. Larry Markinen goes next at 27. Jimmy Butler, 28. That's pretty good there for Butler. That's very good, actually, I think, for Jimmy there. Interesting team. Gildas Alexander, Bridges, and Butler for Yosh. They're all sort of mid sounds like I'm being negative. I'm not. But they're just sort of guys who are like across the board. Really good free throw guys with high volume. So they're, they're strong in that. But everyone else is just sort of across the board, which is good, which is fine. Wow, Jaron Jackson slid there. Weminyama goes at 32. I am, that's that's too, you know that I have a problem with the valuation of blocks in fantasy. That's too low for Jaron. It, it just is too low. People are taking this too far. Um, what am I going to do with my selection here? Uh, do, 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 do. Let's, let's take Pozingas. Let's take Pozingas there. Get some blocks, three in a row blocks off the board. I did that a little bit for Porzingis to get some blocks, but also to make everyone else start to chase blocks somewhat so I can get someone else coming back around to me after those three guys went. Someone will start, I predict someone's going to reach for Chet in these next four picks and Miles Turner will go off the board and that will enable me to get maybe a De'Aaron Fox fall back to me or Jordan Poole or Zach Levine. I was hoping I'd get Des Bain, but it didn't happen. Mobley went at 34, Bain went at 35. Again, I'll continue to say this. This round three, mid mid round two or round three, there's value where you look at everyone who could be second round guys. Paul George, Jim Butler, maybe Larry Markin, Kawhi Leonard, Jaron Jackson, um, maybe Porzingis, Bain, all those guys. Ah, I didn't get Fox. Siakam goes into round three. Fox start of round four. I love Siakam there. I do think Fox is pretty good at that spot. 
always remember when I do those clickbaity sort of shows, those sleepers and busts and do not drafts, that is mainly just to get people to to watch and so I can talk about how I value guys. But it's never a strict do not draft. Everything is about value and it's about positioning. And if I say, I don't like Jaron Jackson at pick 19, um, but in certain situations, I'll grab him at 21 or I'll get him at 25. It really depends on how I'm building my team. These players, it is not a better pick. Um, Jordan Poole goes, Deshante Murray goes. Oh, this is going to be Zach Levine, I think. Let's grab Levine there. Um, I was debating Levine, I was debating Brunson, I was debating Murray, Jamal Murray, I was debating Claxton. Interesting, the centers didn't go that I thought would, so that was uh, interesting. Probably should have taken Claxton to get my, this JF is going to take Claxton. Claxton could have been a good pick there for me. I think Claxton's going to be pretty strong this season. Um, yeah, anyway, so what I was saying is that you put these things out, this guy's a bastard, he's a steal, it's all bullshit, right? It's all just stuff where I just want more, I want people to watch so I can explain why these things aren't true with some exceptions. And when we do these mocks, it's about how the variation. Like I, the difference between pick 40 or pick 70 might be 0.2 steals. Oh, come on. It, it might be half a three. We're talking such small numbers between the valuation of so many of these players that it is hard to get worked up about even 15 spots of value difference between them. Now, some of them are crazy. Fred Van Vliet at 70 on ESPN, Nick Claxton at 92, obviously insane. Very, very good steal options. Like, I think Derek White at 60 is pretty crazy. It's too high. But if I've got Jaron at 28 and I take him at 20, doesn't matter. If I've got... Um, Markinen at 30 and I take him at 26, who cares? I think we need to get out of this mindset of if you if you have a guy in a certain spot, you can't make any deviation. And again, it all ties back into my thought process, or not my thought process, my, I don't even know what the word I'm trying to find is, is that it's not, we, we can't be so sure about these guys in these areas and the draft is not the be all and end all. So much changes. You don't win your league at the draft. You set yourself up, you help yourself, but you don't win it at the draft. You don't lose it either. You got to make smart moves during the season. Some really interesting value picks here. I don't love Vooch going there, but I'm not going to argue with it too much. Vooch went at 41. Holmgren, 42. He is definitely rising. I knew he'd... Oh, I thought he'd take Claxon, but he took Holmgren. Wow, Claxon has fallen. Wowee. Um, eight and 43, Turner 44. So that little run on centers that I thought might happen start of the fourth, happened mid-fourth. Jamal Murray, 45, Brunson, 46, Jalen Brown, 47, Zion, 48. So let's say that grouping, right? Holmgren, Aiton, Turner, Murray, Brunson, Brown all go within six picks in a row in the fourth round. Every single one of those players, I believe, could finish in the top 30. They might not, but they all could. Zion goes at 48, Claxton 49. So Shengun does some really good stuff there by getting, they're actually the two top players on my board coming back to this spot. So I like that. DeRozan, I'm not big on DeRozan. ESPN's got him at 29, but at 50, we love that. Walker Kessler falling. I didn't expect I'd see Kessler behind all these guys. Also, quick to, to note, Walker Kessler's first preseason game, five blocks, right? We all talk, that's great. Look at Kessler, he's dominating. Walker Kessler's second preseason game, zero blocks. Now I do believe Kessler's going to lead the league in blocks. But variation's huge. And yeah, you only played 20 minutes. That's cool. But that's still big, yeah? That's still a big difference. Shout out to my man, Dan Gafford, getting five blocks yesterday as well. I know it was against nobody. 
But the fact that he's back and playing through an elbow injury and they have no other centers, meaning Gafford is a strong, strong value and you can still get him around 100. I think that's not going to last, but you can still get him at 100. After Maxi, or after Walker, Kessler goes 51. Maxi, 52. Shangun, 53. Ananobi, 54. Jay Epp, what are you going to do? Jay Epp, I see your name around a lot. I don't see you in these mock drafts much. And I try to keep these mock drafts so I'm not getting repeat names. Um, Drew Holiday at 55. Okay. Fine. Bay Truthers, when are you reaching for Sadiq? I'll tell you who I, I know my mind is racing here about what I am looking at or trying to do. In the guy, one of the guys that always falls to me in this area is Bilo. So I'm going to take Brad Beal. I think that we are perhaps as an industry sleeping on Beal too much. Maybe. Oh, hey, someone broke up. Oh, me. Oh, someone. Me. I'm the one who broke up the Giddy Jalen Williams pairing by taking Brad Beal. So we go Giddy, Beal, Scott Barnes, Brandon Ingram. And then to finish round five, this is going to be who? Randall? Simons? I think JJ might take Simons here. Jarrett Allen? He's sliding a little bit. I might want to go and get a shot blocker next. So Allen... Might be my dude. Or oh, Yucca Purtle. Huh. Or Gaff. Do I take Gaff? No, nah, not in round six. That's insane. Come on, Josh. Jalen Williams goes at 60 to finish off that round six. So my team currently is pretty low in field goals. And by pretty low, they're at 47.6. Free throws are up at 85. Franz Wagner goes at 61. My rebounds are low. My blocks need some work. My assists are at six a game. My assists are higher than my rebounds. My scoring is very good. My threes are very good as well. But what I mm, do, I take Jared Allen here. I actually really believe that Gafford can return value around this area. I'm just not going to do it. Ooh, 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 ooh. Julius, oh, far out. Julius Randle was going to be my pick, and he just went at 62. And then Allen, oh no! All right, so let's refresh. What am I doing here? Do we just, we're at 64, maybe I do just, I normally would lean into Simons here. Yeah, I think I was going to say, maybe I'll take Hero. Let's just take Simons. Vassal, another option there, or Kuzma. Five seconds. No, let's take Simons. Let's take Simons. Get that points, threes, assists, free throws to a stage where I can ignore them in the next round when I look at Yucca Pertle or Danny Gafford. Is Pertle gone? You asshole, Bay Truthers at 65. Pertle is being underrated a lot, and this is a good spot for him. Um, so Gaff is going... Oh, Gobert is still there. Okay, well, he is... And Lopez. So we can... Gobert is being uh, very much disregarded at the moment which is an interesting development. <sighs> okay. Mark, oh, Mark Williams, what, had three steals, two blocks yesterday? You know that I have been big on Williams, on Gafford, as late round guys. They are coming in and in and in. And Mark Williams in round six, absolutely, totally reasonable to expect him to bring that exact number back for value. Is it worth drafting him there? I think I'd almost rather someone else take him unless I'm just super desperate for that stat set. Because other people will fall. And when I talk about Mark Williams early in the season, I go, well, why is he ranked so low? And this is crazy. Even at 105, it was 110. It was crazy to me. Now we're getting to the stage where it's like, yeah, I'm probably never going to have Mark Williams on my team if 
He's going round six, and I reckon with another strong preseason game, he'll end up going end of round five is my guess. Devin Vassell goes at 71, and that will mean Gobert and Brooke Lopez fall and fall. And I don't like getting Lopez at 60, but 75, 80, sure. Tyler Hero goes, That's I think that's pretty strong, 72. Remember my Durant metric really loves Vassell as like a top 40 guy. I'm not sure I'm quite there on it, but again, I have to try and break my own brainwashing that Z scores are everything and that they are the only and just way of evaluating players. I And I came up with this other metric and I'm not fully investing in it or fully thinking that this is the way, the whole way to go through it. But I like to look at a blend of these things. And Vassell with that high number is very interesting. Oh, I do not like Tyus Jones there at uh, 73. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I just think there is, oh, you know my thoughts on Tyus. Like he's just a lower usage player. He can get assists and that can be useful. And if you need him, go for it. I'm just not, yeah. But you're on the turn. So he's not going to pick until the 90s. So that's okay. Fultz and Suggs with the starting backcourt for the Magic. I don't think that Anthony Black is going to play as a regular thing. Um, I really don't think he can play next to those guys as a full-time thing. So just be really cautious about overvaluing some guys. That brings me to Bilal Kalabali, who was great defensively. Now, there was no Denny Avdia yesterday. Johnny Davis looked, what is going on with his shot? Bilal, I think, is going to be in the rotation. I, If you want to take a flyer on him last pick, sure. I, maybe he does. Maybe he does start opening night. I don't think he will. And I think the offense is going to be... I think he might return Isaac Okoro-type numbers with better defense, which is useful. But I'm not convinced that he's getting 30 from the jump. We will see. We will see on that. That's that's pretty good for Lopez at 77. Again, I'm not big on getting him in round six or round five. This spot is okay. Although I do expect him to drop off pretty significantly from last season. Clay goes at 78. I would rather get Clay in round eight than round seven. Oh, Jay. Yeah, there we go. Gafford at 79. Yeah, okay. Really depends on who you're drafting with. If you're drafting with people who follow me, or the, like this draft that I'm in, um, I'm not getting Gafford. But he went like 100 in a Roto World mock that I did today. So what do I want to do here? I think... Um, hmm. Clock is ticking. Wendell Carter is my guy here. There we go. Wendell Carter. I think he's really underrated. I tell you what was I watched on NBA League Pass here, and you go to the highlights and stuff of games, and I wanted to watch some of the highlights of the Pelicans Magic game, which it was a frustrating highlight recap because they showed like the the first half, so I didn't get to see any of the actual bench guys play. But they showed these highlights. It was Zion. There was um, Paolo Banquero with some moves, and then like they do all that, and they flash up at the end, leading scorer Wendell Carter, eighty points. I go, bro, I didn't even see him on the court. I didn't even see a single highlight of him. He just went about his work and, and got it done. After Wendell goes Jamarant, I believe that's maybe a little bit too high with the suspension and the fact that he's not good in category leagues, but whatever. He does provide high-value points, good good field goal percentage for a point guard, and very good assists, but the suspension kills it. Okongwu goes after him at 83, who I think he's going to take threes this season. Hmm. Michael Ponder Jr. goes at 84. We hope that ankle's not a problem. Austin Reeves at 85. I was debating Reeves when I took Carter, but I quite clearly didn't take him. What else do I need to do with this team who is struggling a little bit at the moment? Jeremy Grant. Hmm. He goes at... Oh, well, okay. He just goes at 86, so I'm obviously not... Uh, Jalen Duran at 87. All right. We are at a stage here. What do I do? I'm going to take... Yeah, I'll take Marcus Smart here. 
Get some steals up. Get some assists up. Get a boost short term where he's better than this number for the first 25 games. Prevent the Jar Morant guy from taking him on the way back around, which wouldn't have happened. That's not a bad idea, though. If you do want to reach for Jar in round seven, flip Marcus Smart into round eight. That helps you a little bit, I think. Jabari Smith at 89. Yeah, look, I know. Sure. I just, yeah, it's just taking so much value out of it. Toby Harris, he was the other guy I was debating when I took Smart. People had an issue yesterday when I claimed that Luke Kennard and Michael Ponder Jr. were in the you know, best 10 shooters in the NBA. I didn't think that would be controversial. I didn't say they're the best scorers. I think they're the best shooters. And and Bain in that group as well. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think that'd be controversial for a bloke shooting 48, 46, and 46% from three the last three years. And Michael Porter hitting like 40% on contested threes. But apparently it was. But we all have differing opinions, don't we? Which is uh, what's sometimes good and sometimes bad about... Fan- uh, well, not even fantasy, about the NBA. After Harris goes at 90, Rogier goes at 91. That's actually parlor from you. Now, I've criticized you going early on Mark Williams and Clay. Rogier at 91 is brilliant. I love that from you. Miles Bridges goes at 92. Cool. The suspension. Um, by the way, Gordon Haywood is looking like a pretty strong last round pick. He's going to start. He might stay starting. And even if he does go to the bench when Bridges comes back, well, you just got 10 games of maybe top 100 production, and then you move on. I, I really, as much as I don't love an old guy in last last round, taking Haywood, who should be much better than that for 10 games, minimum, I think is worth it. McCullum, 94, perfect spot for him, I think. I'm not big on him in the 60s, absolutely not. Here, totally good. Someone, again, I'm not to call this out, but when someone has a comment to me, usually it means multiple people think the same thing or have that idea. And someone said, Josh, you're talking about CJ's free throw percentage. Well, he actually had a thumb issue last season. He had surgery on. 100% true. He did have that thumb issue and he played through it. The problem is, is that free throw percentage issues lasted two seasons. So it's not just from last season. It is an ongoing thing. And we've seen many players inexplicably become bad free throw shooters. Wiggins and Westbrook, the two names that spring to mind immediately, and they never recover from it. So I'm gonna, if I have skepticism that CJ, after two down years in free throws, is going to jump back up. Maybe it happens, but it wasn't a thumb issue. And there is a little bit of history about guys not being able to push back up after somehow losing their stroke. Zach Collins, 98. He is creeping into the top 100. Um, I don't know how much Wemba is going to play at center. I thought Goldfinger looked pretty good the other day, Charlie Bassey. I think Collins and Bassey are going to get those minutes and Wemby's going to play the four, which obviously impacts Keldon and Sohan quite a bit. We still don't know that starting decision. Oh man, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Ben Simmons at 101. I think that's amazing. I think Simmons is going to end up going. Let's see what happens next preseason game. He's going to start going around six in some places. Getting him at 100 is very, very strong when you are dealing with a team with bad free throws. Now, you've got to be ready to deal with that. Now, Paolo, your team punting assists, obviously, is... Well, I say obviously, but maybe people don't see that, but you are obviously punting assists. Um, oh, you took Valentunas there. Um, your team looks pretty strong. Simmons goes to the Cotolino team, which is a punt free throw team. My team needs to build... I've got good points, threes, assists, and free throws, strong steals. I do need to get some blocks going, I think, though. 
if I can. D'Angelo Russell goes at 104. Is there anyone? Oh, no, 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 no. What we're going to do... Where's Asar? As my clock runs down. Let's take... Uh, is this a flyer? No, no, no. No, let's take Wiggins. Let's take Wiggins. Sorry. Fate you out. I am. I just don't want to do Asar in round nine. There is too much... There's too much negative on both percentages, but my field goals are pretty trash anyway. And I think I've got enough free throws to hold him, but I will definitely be getting Asar if he comes back around to me. He has got forward eligibility, which is also very useful. So John Collins goes 103, Russell 104, D'Angelo Russell, Trey Jones 106, which is one pick after I picked Wiggins. Um, I think Wiggins is going to be frustrating at times as he always is, but I think he's pretty strong in this area. Tomorrow, we'll do a the 10th pick in the mock draft. I I don't know. Oh, this guy, bro. I don't know if you're trying to annoy me by taking Sadiq Bay. I don't care. I think the bloke's trash. And getting him at 107 has no value whatsoever. I like getting Sadiq Bay at 130 or 127 or 140. I don't like getting him at 100. Keegan Murray goes, eh, maybe a bit early. Dinwiddie at 108 or 109, sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, what I was going to say is 10th pick tomorrow. But also, there's going to be a points mock that comes today or tomorrow. And I think I'm going to host it on Fantrax just because it's easier to wrangle from a production point of view versus Yahoo's just harder as a commissioner to set things up. All right, so now Bruce Brown goes. Now I think. Now let's take Asar. All right. At 112. Is he one of my starters? Yes. But I think what I can do then in the next round is target like a PJ Washington Jr. and get him on the way back around. He should be an option for me there. That's my aim. Gaz Trent at 114. I don't like when Trent goes in round nine. In round 10, I'm on the fence. But we'll see. I do worry about his playing time. Aaron Gordon, 115. Gordon... I feel like there was two weeks ago where Gordon wasn't even getting drafted in 12-team leagues, and now people are catching on to the right move, and they're doing that, so good for them. Yosh gets Benedict Mathurin at 117. Yeah, he needs to be drafted. Look, it, I was getting him around 11 in most drafts. Started at around 12. Going around 11. Now he's going 10. Oh, that is horrible. Oh, I'm sorry to say, eh, you are taking Horton Tucker there. I just had a whole diatribe on it, which you didn't hear. That's horrible to me. I don't get it. Um, he's terrible. He might start. It's just not going to last, and you. I think you've burnt pick 10. But circling back, bias. I don't think he's good. So I think eventually they'll realize, oh my God, you are not good, and they'll bench him. But maybe they don't, and maybe he is good, and maybe I'm wrong, which I have known to have been many, many times, despite what the haters might think, who claim that I never think that I'm wrong. Stephen Adams, 120. Keldon Johnson, 121. Fine. The Adams-Capella combo is an interesting grouping, but you've already got Zion and Klax, so you are punting free throws, I'm guessing. What's Alperen Sengun's team's free throws at? 77. Well, sorry, that was 77 before adding Steve Adams. So he is in a punt situation. Where is he? He's now 74. Holy shit. There are two teams who have three teams who have four teams. Holy crap. Four teams projected to have 74% in free throws. So... What makes that interesting is that those all those four teams are all bad at free throws, but they can all beat each other. So they're going to win. Let's say you, let's say you play each team twice. 
there's a chance for those guys to get six category wins in free throws by playing each other. Very interesting. There will be people who have the, the line of thought that if you're punting free throws and other people start to do it, it loses its value. In this situation, punting those free throws actually means that you've got more of a chance of winning those free throws against more teams. So I need to look at the maths of this and think about it off the top, I'm thinking off the top of my head. But that might actually help is that you've got a chance of winning that category way more times than you would if you were the only one. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. A man goes at 128. Yeah, I'm really, I love a man. I really don't know how much they're going to play him. All right. So one of my other favorite upside guys is still available. Let's do it. I haven't been able to get Paul Reed very often. Some people were getting him round nine. I think the hype is cool. People are jumping on the other hypes. So let's take Paul Reed there at 129. Does it make my projected standings look worse? Yeah. It's not what it's about, though. I don't win a league by winning projected standings. I win a league by hopefully hitting on a bloke who jumps 50 spots, which he can do. Always be aware of that. It's not a win necessarily to get, sorry, again, Pablo, to get Mark Williams in round six or to get Horton Tucker in round 10. If you get him at round 14, Horton Tucker, and he does become a ninth round player, that's a W. That's how you win a league. If you get him in round 10 and he becomes a ninth round player, well, who cares? It doesn't really do much. Uh, Jaden McDaniels goes 130, Boyan at 131, Obert Toppin 132, Dennis Schroeder 133, Jarris Walker's first game, excellent. Second game, not so good. We never publicize the, the bad ones though, and I always feel like a hater when I do it, but it is very important to note. Rowan Barrett goes uh, in round 13, not a big Barrett guy, pretty obviously. Sexton goes at 135, who, I, by the way, if I think Horton Tucker is bad, I also think that Colin Sexton is bad. Do I take just another Jazz point guard Option? No, no. Oh, has Kobe White gone? Looks like he has. I just must have missed it. Uh, yeah, all right. I missed that somewhere because he would have been a good option. Oh, there he went. Start around 11. So he's the flavor of the month. Let's take his Bulls teammate. We're swinging again. Pat Williams. Sorry, but it's not currently my turn. Mm, okay. I got auto-picked for quickly. I don't hate it, but it's not what I wanted to do. That's fine. He goes back in my queue. Well, that's what happens when you talk too long. Ivy, Herder. I don't know about Herder at 138. Again, it feels like it's winning the projected standings. I just don't... I don't see the upside for it. Joshy Richardson, I believe, is going to start... Oh, I, I didn't like that Portis pick. Eh, that's not terrible. I do like the Rob Williams pick here from JF, though, in round 11. That's very good. D'Anthony Melton. This is the right spot. If you're taking him in round 9, I don't think it's good. Round 11, round 12 for Melton is really strong. Um, I wonder who is going to reach up and take Jalen Johnson. I'm going to put Chris Dunn in my queue. And I, oh, Derek Lively, good pick from you there as well, Josh. Jordan Clarkson goes 142. I am souring on him. It doesn't, it doesn't look like he's going to start for whatever reason. Um, also, even if they start at Baji, don't draft him. He is not good. Zubats is the interesting one here. I think that Zubats has got absolutely no upside. But when you head around to round 13, the upside comes in. It gets baked in, doesn't it? You're getting 30 spots of value. Well, okay. You got him at 143. That is still actually value. Even though he might be the 110th best player, you don't want to take him there. Uh, Grimes goes at 144. The next 
I'll tell you where it's getting to. Ooh, I like it from you, Alperen Sengun. You didn't hear me talk about Haywood, but you just did it then. You took him in the right spot. Herb Jones hasn't gone. Now, I'm not big on Herb. Oh, there he goes. I'm not big on Herb Jones at 100, but at 146, yeah, you do it. Again, the value is baked into the spot. <sighs> Jalen Johnson started last game, but old mate John Ray Hunter didn't play. Now, was John Ray Hunter good? No. Does Quinn Snyder have anything committed to John Ray Hunter? Also no. So could he start Bay and Johnson together? I mean, it's a long shot, but I'd be pretty excited. So that's all I want to do. I just want to... Why is Damien Jones on my... What the hell? I don't want Damien Jones on my queue. Huh. Um, yeah, I'm out on Christian Wood. I don't think he's going to play enough. Christian Wood goes at 149. Sohan, 148. Malik Monk, 150. Monk's a fine pick there. Pat Williams. Okay, well, that one's done. Good pick from you, Jayep. I didn't like your Herder pick, but I do like your Williams pick. Avdia goes at 152. I wonder if anyone will take the flyer on Bilal. I'm going to throw him in the queue. JIC. Avdia goes 152. We're getting close to where there's value here for Brogdon as well. Oh, it's my pick. Um, let's do it. Let's take Jalen Johnson there. Let's take Jalen Johnson. And then I hope I can get one of the, one of Dunn or George or Bilal on the way back around. Really just trying to... F- trying, and again, when I'm picking at the end of the first round like this, you gotta have you got to take swings. You, ha- you pretty much have to, I think. Norm Powell goes there. John Isaac, who had what, two blocks in like... 12 minutes yesterday. The path to starters minutes is impossible for Isaac, but the value is, it can be there. I'm not sure I fully buy in, but does he have more upside than Isaiah Stewart? Of course he does. Um, Cole Anthony at 157. I could look Cole was really good yesterday. He's just buried on this team. Oh, Dante Exum. Holy shit. I did not think I'd be seeing it. Exum played pretty well against Real Madrid. I, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so I've got a choice here. Keontae George, Chris Dunn, Bilal. I have to take George. We're just, hopefully, one of Asar, Reed, Johnson, and George pop off and bump me 50 spots up. And I am willing, in a head-to-head league, to take L's for the first two weeks to see how the rotation settles. Things are weird for the first week, at a minimum, probably 10 days, maybe two weeks, and usually... So many of the teams that win their fantasy league have terrible first weeks because they don't overreact. Now, if a good player pops off off the wire, you you add them and you have to make those moves. But you also got to make sure you don't cut bait too quickly on guys. It is a delicate balance for sure. Kyle Anderson goes at 161. Barnes at 162. Eh. Like, will Barnes beat this number? Pretty sure he will. Will Anderson beat this number? Also pretty sure he will. Is it worth having him there? I don't know. I'd much rather Anderson than Barnes, though. Suggs at 163. Started over Gary Harris. Will he be good? I don't know. But it's worth having a look at. Kelly Olenek falls into the Barnes-Anderson group. Olenek was awesome last season, but the role isn't the same. Bones Highland, I have absolutely no interest in taking Bones Highland in a draft. The Clippers 240 game is one of the hardest things to do. There's 12 rotation players on that team. And... Two of them won't play each night. And then you're in a situation where Bones might be the 10th guy. Do you play 12 minutes a night? I don't know. Horford at 166. Again, think there's no upside, but there's probably 40 spots of upside at that spot. The problem you have with Horford is all the back-to-backs. 
but I would never take Al in round 11. Never. Here, whatever. Go for it. Uh, KC, yeah, KCP is another one of those ones. Like, it's fine, but what's the point? And Kaminga goes at 168. See, I would have rather taken a flyer on Chris Dunn. Probably not Bilal. Maybe Bilal, but Chris Dunn, Brandon Miller, even a Malcolm Brogdon, Jarris Walker. Um, who else is in this zone that we could have had a crack at? It's probably the main ones. Levert versus a... Um, Versus a KCP there. So, my team. Lamello Ball, Devin Booker, Porzingis, Levine, Beal, Simons, Wendell Carter, Marcus Smart, Andy Wiggins, Asar Thompson, Paul Reed, Emmanuel Quickly auto-picked. I wanted Pat Williams there. Jalen Johnson and Keontae George is my squad. I'm going to go and have a look at how those projected standings do have a look uh, over on Basketball Monster. Um, again, it's not the be and end all. More changes than doesn't change. And don't tie yourself down to what those numbers mean because, again, we are taking swings and many people are taking swings um, in drafts. So if I have a look at how this sort of plays out, J. Epp, Paolo, Tingus Pingus, and Ehua. The reason I think that, say, a Paolo and a Ehua, whatever, I don't know how to pronounce the name, is that they grabbed some guys who have um, sort of solid floors, like the KCPs and Joneses and Zubatses, which do translate well to projected standings. But it's very hard to project the pop-off players um, if you're trying to be realistic with it. And that means that those guys, those pop-off projection guys always drag your team down. But if they hit, and when you cycle through the wire, that gives you the ability to push up. So I was in fifth on this squad with, looked like I would beat, Tingus Pingus head-to-head, but the others would beat me. Then it was Shengun, Yosh, JJ, Baytruth is Chess, Maple, Jordan, and Cotolino. But do not take any of that stuff to heart. It's not, again, nowhere near the uh, the be-all and end-all of your season or anything like that. Understand the limitations of what those projected standings uh, actually show. Just another quick one. If you want to look at um, Yahoo projected standings when you do a Yahoo draft... I take a lot of pride in the work that I do at Basketball Monster in projecting everybody out and trying to make it realistic. So I have I look at my projector settings and go, oh, this is what I think is going to happen. Understand that I'm going to be making changes every single day during the regular season. I, I get that. But there are things that are inexcusable to me in terms of projections. And when you look at projected standings on Yahoo, this is where it comes from. I've already talked about the fact that they expect Anthony Simons to average 31 points a night if he played 82 games. And if he didn't, if he played 70 games, they would be projecting at 35 points a game. I looked at Donovan Mitchell's numbers. They project Donovan Mitchell to take 700 more field goal attempts this season than last season. And they expect him to take to, uh, to make four fewer free throws and make three extra three-pointers and have half the amount of blocks of last season. Now, the blocks might be half of last season, but why would he... They've got Steph Curry projected for 950 extra field goal attempts season over season. And all those numbers is what populates the projected standings. And it, project, and it populates the rank column. So just be really cautious about trusting it because those numbers are... They're indefensibly wrong. You can make small arguments on anything. You can't make an argument that Don Mitchell is going to take 700 more field goal attempts this season. You can't You can't do it. I'm sorry. It's just impossible to do. And on that note, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify, as well as the Odyssey app, and on YouTube. Thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.